Hi, Leader, and welcome to the latest episode of On Purpose with Lane Sites. Um, world changer, history maker. I wanted to share something with you this week. A little out of the box, but it's part of my plan. It's part of the thing that God's called me to do. My job is to propel, push, and provoke. That's my job as an apostolic leader, as an apostle of the faith. I propel, push, and provoke. I want to tell you this week, Leader, do you understand that you're different for a reason? Do you understand that you're distinctively different? Do you understand that you're peculiar? The Bible calls you peculiar. You're strange. You, you, you're, you aren't created like everybody else. The Bible says that you are the church, the ecclesia. That means the called out. But what am I called out of? Well, you're called out of the crowd to be different then to be sent back into the crowd to show them, I don't have to flow like you. I don't have to listen to what you listen to, talk the way you talk, act the way you act. We've got too many preachers who act just like the world. We've got too many leaders who act just like the world. And if there's no difference in us and them, there's no impact on them. You're the salt of the earth. What does that even mean? I'm the salt. How can you set, how, how can God set you in something and you not change the flavor of it. If you've always felt like I'm a little bit different or I don't quite fit in, this is gonna hit you. I I want you to grab your Bibles, go to to Colossians chapter three, verses one through nine. I'm in the Amplified Classic. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is, the Christos, Christ and seated at the right hand of God. Raised with Christ, the anointing. Seek, not be casual, not be lazy, but you've got to seek. Verse two, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Verse three, for as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Where's your life? Here is your life, the old you, all the mistakes, all the craziness, all the mess, all the bad decisions, that person is gone, and your new life, the real you, the you God created you to be, is hidden within that anointing. The word Christ means anointing, it's the word Christos in the in the Greek. What's this? So let's go on down to verse four. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Verse five, so kill deaden, deprived of power, the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness. For this is, that is idolatry, the, the defying of self and other created things instead of God. He said, He just told you what to do with your head, your mind. Get your mind off the earth. That's all fleshly, natural things. Get your your mind on spiritual things. Raise your thinking. Put to death the members on earth. That's talking about your flesh. The fact is, when God gives commands, things he exhorts you to do, and things he tells you to put away, those are not contingencies by which you get into heaven. Those are not things that you have to do to stay saved. Your salvation is the grace of God and bought by the blood of Jesus. What is he doing? God is trying to get you into the blessed life. Don't you want to live the blessed life, leader? Listen at verse 7. 
Let's go back to verse 6. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately opposed to the divine will, among whom you also once walked, and you were living in and addicted to such practices. Verse 8. But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, bad feeling toward others, curses and slander, and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterance from your lips. Verse 9. Don't lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old, unregenerate self with its evil practices. What is God doing? He's trying to get you in the blessed life. Jesus was the box, but Jesus was not the gift. That, that's going to mess some of you up. Jesus was the box and the wrapping paper. Jesus didn't come to bring Jesus. Jesus came to bring a kingdom. The kingdom was wrapped up in the wrapping paper called Jesus. That's why Jesus did not stay in the earth. Jesus came, unloaded the gift, and he went back to heaven. Jesus is your key to salvation. But the whole reason Jesus came was not for religion or for you to go to church and and be nice. The reason Jesus came is because he's trying to get his kingdom back into the earth. Because when everything begun, uh, earth was just like heaven. Adam ruled the earth just like God ruled the heavens. Eden was a place of perfection just like heaven. Then Adam rebelled against God. He disobeyed him. And the Bible makes it clear in Ephesians 2 that Satan infiltrated through that rebellion and became the God, little g, of this world. That's a troubling thought because we are taught by religious institutions that God is in control. You you can't look at all the chaos we're living in and tell me that God is running all this chaos. Riots, looting, killing each other, killing babies, giving homosexuals rights. It's unbiblical. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what your party stance is. It's unbiblical. You cannot stand in a pulpit and preach holiness and believe that it's okay for that stuff. So we know that God is in ownership of the world, but the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. Well, what did Jesus do? He came back to get keys. Who did he take them away from? Satan. The keys of death, hell, and the grave. What did he do with the keys? Did he keep them? No. Matthew 16, behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. If heaven is going to come, then here is the keys. So the keys are the commands. He says, if you love me and do what I say, then that portion of heaven will be unlocked. So whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. He said, if you refuse it or if you ignore it, then it will be closed off. He says, you can have access to heaven whenever you use the key. So whenever you hear the commands of God, don't turn that stuff off and say, I don't want a God like that. He's trying to take you out of the curse and put you into the blessing. God just wants to bless you. 1 John 2.20 says that we have an anointing and we know all things. Jesus came and the word Christ means anointing. Jesus, the anointed. The word anointing has to do with the Holy Ghost taking up residence inside of you. Why does the Holy Ghost need to live inside of you? Because in the beginning, God marked off the parameters. Man has dominion in the earth. So if it's not wearing a body, it does not have authority in the earth. That's why Jesus, God himself, put himself in a body. That's why demons would never call Jesus the Son of Man. They always called him the Son of God. They didn't want to acknowledge that he could come in the earth and cast them out. So Jesus came bringing the Holy Ghost into the earth. But Jesus himself became the penalty of our sin. Why? The sin disqualifies you from the Holy Spirit taking residence. So we go to Colossians. And the first word I want to talk about is the word anointed. Sounds like a church word, I know. 
you need to know what it is because the Bible says you have one. You have an anointing. So Jesus came and they put him on a cross and the Bible says his body became sin for us. He took the sin out of you. And now 1 Corinthians 3 and 6 says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says in John chapter 7 uh, that out of your belly, Jesus is talking about the coming of the Holy Ghost, out of your belly will flow the rivers of living water. What's this? He didn't say out of your heart. He didn't say out of your chest. He said out of your belly. The word belly there actually means bowels. So I've told this before. I've taught this before that I do believe you need to pay attention to that gut feeling that you have. Because many times the gut is telling you something different than what people are telling you in your ear. It has been my experience that when I ignore that voice that many times life will come back around and bite me because I ignored that gut feeling. So I've learned to really try to go with that gut feeling. So the Bible says out of the, your belly will flow rivers of living water. I can't, I cannot cut you open and show you where the anointing of the Holy Ghost is. But I know the Bible says you're going to know something from your belly. So I have my mind and I have my anointing. Colossians 3 and 3 says that you died. Your crazy self died. You ought to thank God for that. The crazy version of you died. When Jesus died, your old person died. All your past, all your mistakes, everything with it. And your life is now hidden with Christ. So everything about Lane Sites, his future, his potential, everything he can be, everything I'm created to do, every place I can arrive, every accomplishment I can have, my purpose, my destiny is in God's anointing. The Holy Ghost knows everything about me. Jesus said this. He said, I'm going away, but don't be sad because I'm going to send you a helper. In other words, the same spirit that dwells in me, I'm going to send him to you to help you. I'm going to die. I'm going to take... I'm going to go out of this world. I'm going to go back to heaven and the Holy Ghost will come live on the inside of you. And when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will lead you into all truth. Wait a minute. Truth about what? The truth about God and the truth about you, leader. So the Holy Ghost has come to uh, be our tour guide in life. Here's my problem. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The word in his heart actually means not just a random thought. It means something you have embraced to be true. It has become a part of your belief system. What I've embraced to be a part of my belief system, so am I. Do you know the power of that statement that I just said, leader? So every reality I have is defined by what I've embraced to be true. You are a house made of thoughts. You get to choose which ones go and which ones stay. I cannot control every bird that flies over my head, but I can control the ones that get in my hair and make a nest. You cannot control every random thought that zips through your brain, but you do get to choose your meditations because what happens in your mind happens in time. Quit those crazy thoughts. Quit overthinking, overanalyzing. So whatever you embrace and you allow yourself to meditate on and roll around in your head over and over and over and you embrace it to become part of your belief system, it's only a matter of time before that will begin to define who you are. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people aren't going to like it, but I will stick to my guns and I can prove it biblically. Why is he wealthy? Because he thinks wealthy. He didn't arrive there until he thought it. The building was not built on this land till it was built in somebody's head. They built it in their head first, then they built it on this land. Your phone was in somebody's head before it was in your hand. Everything in life happens head first. Why do they have a great marriage? Because they think the right thoughts about each other. Why is it a great ministry? Because of the way it thinks. Why is it that ministry, why is that ministry ineffective? Because of the way they think. Why 
does that prosper? Because it thinks in a prospering way. Why is it poverty stricken? Because it thinks like a poor person. You've got to understand, leader, as a person thinks in their heart, so is that person. The think is the action. The is is the state of being. As a man thinks action, so is state of being he. I have only one action that defines my state of being, and that is my thought life. So my thought life ultimately defines my reality. So here's what people do. They look around at the reality and they don't like their life. So they start trying to change stuff. You don't change stuff, you change think. And the think will change stuff, leader. I don't like this place, so I'm gonna move. And we start trying to change everything around us. But what you've got to understand is there's not a problem with everything around you. There's a problem with with what's going on inside of you. If you change what's going on in you, what's going on in you will change everything that's going on around you. Whenever you go, wherever you go, you're going to go head first. If you go up, you go head first. If you go down, you're going head first. If you're happy, you're happy in your head. If you're sad, you're sad in your head. If you're prosperous, it's because you think prosperous. If you go down, it's because you think that way. And that's why he said, get your mind off things in the earth and put them on things above where Christ, the anointing is. God does not want you to settle for low level living leader. Raise your mind up there and think about yourself like God thinks about you. Who am I talking to that's on this podcast today? that you know this is hitting you. You've got to change the way you think. Let me break it down. Colossians 3 and 5. Put to death your members, and he starts listing all this stuff. All these things he is listing are in the desire category. Go look at it, Colossians 3 and 5. He says, put to death all these desires. But look what he says first, because he knows this is going to happen head first. He says, secondly, you've got to, watch this, put to death that old man, and the Bible says that it's in your members. Those desires may not eat up, may not uh, eat you up like they used to, but they still have a little pocket in you. And and given the right environment, the right people, y'all sit saying nothing, given the right opportunity. So he says, you've got to put that thing to death. What does that mean? The word death there means remove any device that energizes that thing. So God had laid in my lap. He said, I've forgiven you for all of it. He says, now, so that you don't continue in it, I'm charging you with removing the things, the places, the activities, the people, and the environment that energizes that struggle, that thought, that pattern. Listen, everything craving that passion and that you've ever dealt with has something or someone that inspires it. Now he starts by saying, put your mind in a different place. Why? Because my desires follow my thoughts. So for those of you who have had a hard time with faith and you need science, data, and clinical evidence, it is clinically proven that you have 30 seconds to deal with a thought. And after 30 seconds, that thought will be accompanied by a feeling. Hence, hence the cliche we use. You got me feeling some kind of way because you've now dwelt on a thought too long. Now you're no longer wrestling with a thought. You're wrestling with a thought and a feeling. And the feeling is a thousand times more powerful than that thought. And I have I helped anybody on this podcast. So now you're wrestling with that thought. But that thought has put a taste in your mouth. I'm going to go ahead and close. So he says, now you have to move your mind and put to death that mess. He said, don't feed, don't energize that stuff. That once I've saved you, it's trying to pull you back into that craziness. Verse six, because it wants things, evil desires, evil lust, evil cravings. The word lust gets a bad rap in the U.S. We equate it with lust 
uh, we equate lust with sexual desires. Lust is just simply a desire. You can lust for Mexican food. Lust has to do with having a passion. Look what he said. He said, because of these passions, the wrath of God is being poured out. Those are some scriptures we don't, we don't read no more because we don't want to serve a God with the wrath. Notice what he said. He didn't say, I'm going to get you. He said, because of the things in you, you won't kill. You are sabotaging yourself. There are some of you that you don't need a devil. You've got a self-destruct button. And you hit it about the time you take one step forward and it knocks you two steps back. In fact, you're so good at, at, at it that the devil sits in recliner and says, watch this. This is a pro right here destroying himself. Let me tell you something. Lane sites has stuff that I, if I turn them loose, I could destroy my life by supper. I don't need no devil. The wrath of God, if I took you to Romans 1, three, uh, three times God tells his people how to walk in blessing and they ignore it. And three times it says God gave them over. Do you know what the wrath of God is? The wrath of God is turning you over to yourself. You're your own worst critic. You're your own worst judge. The wrath of God is God saying, go ahead. I tried. You won't listen. I've told you he's trouble. You won't listen. You'll not get away from her. You have to find out for yourself. He blamed the wrath of God on stuff inside of them that they wouldn't put to death. If it is not a fire-breathing dragon God, some of you won't serve him. But your God is a good God. But he knows that there's something in you that wants to take you down. And he says it is energized by your thought life. And he says, if you if you were control what you're thinking, that that by itself would control what you're feeling. Leader, you're called to be different. You're called to be strange. You're called to be peculiar. You're called to think differently, to act differently, to talk differently, to dress differently, to listen to different things. You're called to stand out in a crowd. What are you going to do with your difference? What are you going to do with your thinking? It's time now to switch your thinking. That's why there's so many thought pattern scriptures in, in the epistles. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12 and 2, be renewed in your mind. That you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. He said, I'd have you not be ignorant, but knowing the will of God for your life. That's in Ephesians 5. There's all kinds of thought pattern scriptures. Set your mind here. Whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of, of, of respect, put your thoughts there. Leader, it's time for you to think as differently as you are. Think peculiarly as you are. Listen, that's all the time I got today. I hope you were blessed by this podcast. There's so much more I can say today, but I don't have the time to do that. But I wanted to release this out to you today. So many good things are happening at Lane Sites Ministries. If you're ever in the Gadsden, Atala area, come see us. Our current location is Lane Sites Ministries, 209 Gilbert Ferry Road, Suite 4, Atala, Alabama, 35954. We'd love to see you in the house sometime. We're online, Facebook Live, every service, Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. promptly. Friday nights at 8 p.m. promptly. That's Central Standard Time. Every second Sunday night of the month, the Sunday night shift, 6 p.m. promptly, Central Standard Time. But I can, I'm here to tell you it's so much better in the room. Get here anytime you can. Listen, listen leader, I'm not going to prolong this. I want you to know I love you. I'm praying for you. I believe in you. And I would love to have you come join us sometime. Listen, go follow me on all my social media. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all Lane Sykes Ministries. Go go like us up on all those. We have a like page on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Go follow us. We've got a Twitter page. Go follow us. Would love to see your face in the place sometime. Until I do, know that I love you. I'm praying for you. And I'll see you soon. God bless you is my prayer.